0: Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining us right here on your Tuesday nights. This is episode number seven, Tuesday Night Titans for August 1st, 2023. I'm your host, J.D. from New York, as always, joined by my co-host here, Andrew Baydala. What is going on, man? I'm looking at this over here, bro. I didn't even know this happened today because I've been so out of it. Justin Verlander is no longer a Met, man.
2: Oh, here we go. You just want to break <laughs> balls out of the gate. That's what we're listen, doing. Man,
0: listen, You're getting a number okay. one prospect here. You're getting uh, Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford, man. Two guys coming to the Mets. Man, how do you feel about that? Yeah, okay. See you in <laughs> 2026. They want to build from within, apparently. Is this true? Mm, I,
2: You know what? I think they're just tearing it down because it didn't work. <clears throat> and at this point, like, I'll see you in 2026, 2027. Uh, listen, i'm ready man. for jets football baby
0: yes i know i know you're ready for that uh aaron Rodgers there hopefully he does good man i may actually watch some jets this year man i'm a big aaron Rodgers guy hey, we'll um, go, to a game. Yeah. go to a game yeah no no thank you why i don't know i don't think like I'll, not a are you like I not think, a, like, i don't think I'll have a, i don't th- No. hey no no i'm not b <laughs> i don't i don't know <laughs> if i have a good time there i don't know why wouldn't you have a good time i don't know just feed me beer i guess i don't know if you're with me, you'll have a good time. Ask anybody who's ever been to an event with me. You'll have a good time. You know what's a good time, man? This, this show's a good time. I got, uh, I, I got uh, some good people in the chat here. We got almost 1,000 people. We haven't even said anything yet. It's SummerSlam week. The excitement's in the air. How you feeling about SummerSlam, man? you excited about it after coming out of these go-home shows?
2: Um, I will say that Monday night raw is exactly what I thought it would have been, which was just like, Hey, I, let's just take her easy and get to SummerSlam and not have, you know, too much pressure or injuries or anything else like that. We are, you know, so past the days of the nineties and early two thousands where the raws and smackdowns leading to a pay-per-view, um, meant something that you had to spend, you know, twenty I'm dating myself or thirty four ninety nine, but they never seem significant anymore. No. Um, But what I have liked from the SmackDown side of things is that we kind of get one of those matches that maybe didn't make it to the the card for the premium live event on that show, which I really dig when they're in that same city. So, you know, Detroit's a standalone event for SummerSlam. So I don't think you're going to get anything um, this week on SmackDown.
0: Yeah, I I actually like that. We'll discuss that a little bit later, too, because there was uh, a, a heavy... Voiculous social media crowd that uh, did not like Becky Lynch, oh, Trish Stratus, and Rhea. R- I know, go figure. And Rhea Ripley not being included on SummerSlam. I actually love that decision. Me and, too. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, the big story this week, uh, Drew, was the Cody documentary. And uh, I, I, I hold don't hold on know. a
2: second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me ask you this before we yeah. get into this whole thing.
0: Yeah. Um, SummerSlam. There's yeah. there's eight matches. Are you for or against it? Eight matches, the shorter the better. I agree. I, uh, I, uh, I, I came out of that Triple H takeover esque kind of build. Like he only did five matches for a takeover, and you, you were left there every time watching those shows wanting more. That's exactly mm-hmm. what his vision is for the main roster. I mean, but realistically, Drew, we could have easily had 10, 11 matches on this show and pushed the show up to five hours. I don't think anybody yeah. realistically wants that. Eight matches is a sweet spot, three and a half hours is absolutely a sweet spot. I don't think you uh, go past that.
2: No, and here's the thing, right? You know there's going to be an entertainment spot or two. I mean, nobody saw Cena appearing on Money in the Bank, and that was a good moment. Uh, Nobody was tipped off backstage. It never made its rounds on the internet. It just happened, which was so organic and so good um, that I think that where we're at right now with the card lends itself to maybe one or two entertainment spots, and that's all I need on this PLE. I do not want to be sitting outside with my buddies. I throw an event for SummerSlam every year if I don't go. For six hours, it feels like a marathon. It really does. And I, when when I was attending these year after year after year, it sucked. It yeah. sucked. And you know what? It took away from some of the great matches that were on those SummerSlam cards because I just felt like I was exhausted by hour four.
0: Yeah, I hated it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't attend any of those WrestleMania, So I can only imagine how you and the crew were feeling going to those shows. It's just Ugh. excruciating for eight hours, especially if the weather is warm or if there's inclement weather, it's a fucking nightmare, especially at 12 o'clock, getting out of there with the traffic. I mean, n- nothing nothing could get me to go to those shows and sit there for eight hours. Yeah, and the Barclays Center shows were great, but the problem with it was is that, again, it
2: started at 7, and sometimes we weren't out of there till eleven forty-five, twelve yeah. o'clock. And, I mean, we saw some bangers. Yeah. Styles and Cena, I mean, you know— the Ortons, um,
0: Brock finish, but it was just by then we were just all
2: gassed. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, we'll get into that. I mean, that's been a big topic, and uh, I know the ladies were a big topic of discussion this week. But the Cody documentary was the thing that everybody was waiting for. Coming out of this past weekend, it debuted on Monday. I unfortunately did not get a chance to see it yet. In between the time that they released it and the start what of this show, I, it's not. What I know it's. Job. You said it to me this this morning. It's my job. I'm like. <laughs> I'd rather get That's some sleep. That's the one than thing you should have watched. You should have skipped RAW. <laughs> really, I know. I mean, a lot of a lot of my people actually did that. I should have joined them in doing that. But the Cody documentary dropped. Drew uh, the the entire thing was, I, I, I believe, praised. The majority of the people enjoyed it. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Have you Have you seen this thing yet? Uh, I saw it a couple weeks back oh, yes. when it premiered, yes. and then
2: I saw it um, yesterday. Was yeah. it yesterday when it dropped? Yeah. Yeah. So I saw um, about an hour and a half of it when it hadn't been released. And then I saw it more recently. And um, it is the best documentary I think WWE has done since being uh, partnered with Peacock.
0: Yeah, and this is going to begin Cody's ascent to that world championship and finish his story. Uh, I'll leave the floor to you, Drew, to start this thing off. Mm. I know there were a couple of big pieces in there that were floating around on social media Uh, almost immediately. Cody stating that he had uh, left AEW due to a personal issue. And then the Triple H thing, which, yeah. I, I mean, everybody took out completely out of proportion. I mean, they made they made the documentary more about that than, than fucking Cody telling his story. Well, and that's the, and, and no offense
2: to the journalistic landscape of the professional wrestling slash sports entertainment media. Um, but for me, you guys make so much shit out of nothing, truthfully. Yeah. And yeah. I think it needs to stop. Like Triple H has his opinions. Paul Levesque is a human being, has his opinions. And, Cody leaving eight, it was all the clickbait bullshit headlines. And realistically what that whole story was, was Cody Rhodes, you know, Cody Runnels saying how much he idolized his father. His father was his hero and all he wanted to do before he passed, he being dusty was put that world championship in dusty's hands and he'll never get the opportunity to opportunity to do that. But it really was a story about the Rhodes family's redemption, And how Cody is going to do that for not only his dad, his mom, but for his own daughter. Because now he is living so that his daughter can be proud of the man that he is. And for me as a father, that hit on all levels. I get it. And realistically, what this does is it puts Cody right back into, which he really never left, but it puts him right back into that slot where it's like, Okay, well, this is the guy they're obviously going with. I mean, when you have Triple H and all these other people talking so highly about Cody, that's where it's headed. When you watch it, you will see it. But Cody did state uh, that he left AEW. He said, I can't tell you why I left AEW, but I will tell you this. I did not leave AEW because of money. Because I'm sure Tony Khan, which me and you have spoke about before, Tony Khan and the brass probably offered him a boatload. Probably, maybe even more than WWE. Let's just be honest, because they have more money than God. They being AEW. And he said, I did not leave because they were bringing in other talent. A la Brian Danielson, probably CM Punk, et cetera, et cetera. He left due to personal reasons. So I will ask you, if you had to guess, I'll give my take. What is your reasoning that Cody left AEW? The personal reasons, what do you think it
0: is? The personal reasons, honestly, uh, I don't think of anything else but the fact and the reason why he says he can't he can't talk about it, like, did, did he say that he can't really dive into why he left AEW? So he really didn't say why, he just said, I can't.
2: And for me, I believe that's because Cody's a smart businessman, and what he doesn't want to do is bury anything that could possibly, you know, give him a check maybe three or four years down the road if this WWE thing, you know, doesn't pan out or whatever. Yeah, the, I think the- that
0: Cody... Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't want I didn't want to cut you off. I no,
2: think he's just leaving the door open. He's not trying to badmouth anybody.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh well, I mean, we're not even thinking about that because he's got so much left to accomplish here, but uh I, it could happen that he ends up back there. But I think the personal issue is the entire thing with his family and uh really kind of clearing the name of uh, of the Rhodes dynasty in WWE. Uh, you know, I I think Cody felt like they didn't really do his family justice when he was there and maybe throughout all of Dusty's run there working for Vince, you know, I don't think the McMahon family really appreciated the, the the Rhodes family and the Rhodes family dynasty. And I think the personal issue stems from Cody, you know, being shunned and, and looked at as not a big deal when he was there going to the Indies, making a name for himself, making himself into a household name, being one of the pieces to start AEW, making himself into a huge superstar to only come back and now see, you know, the WWE in a different way, them see him in a different way. I feel like he has demons that have haunted him up until this point. Like, he wanted so much to be accepted by the McMahon family and be the guy that he knew that he was. But Vince didn't see it. And I don't think Vince would have ever seen it unless Cody went out there and did what he did to make himself into the man that he is today. That's the personal issue. I don't know how much of it he discussed. I don't know how much of of it he could really divulge in the way that i just mentioned it to you but that's the reason he wanted to make himself into the you know the the kid that vince saw that he didn't see anything into and now he's a world champion and he wants to see he wants to show vince that he is that guy
2: i think there's i think what you're saying is 100 percent accurate um i think there's more to it than that i think that cody did want to come back to wwe and still does to uh re you know claim that Rhodes name that you know Rhodes family, I mean, his opening song, like lyrics yeah. in the song is there's more than one royal family in wrestling. So I just believe that Cody wanted to write a lot of wrongs uh, for his family, and he is doing that. But I do believe that Cody and the Bucks and Kenny, uh, Kenny might still have some power. I'm not quite sure. We're kind of pushed out of the EVPs, And I think that when Cody started uh, all the wrestling with the Bucks and with the cons, I believe that he always wanted to be part of that decision-making, booking, um, you know, like running a show type of uh, performer where he would perform and then he would do the same, basically like what Triple H does. And I think Tony Khan was just like, we can't do this anymore. And I think that was one of the main reasons why Cody left. I I know he wanted to finish the story. Cody was always a WWE guy. And I think it was inevitable that Cody was headed back to World Wrestling Entertainment. But I do believe that there were some things that happened that maybe pushed this. Um, to the top instead of maybe it being another year or two from now.
0: Now, I don't, I don't know why Cody didn't win an AEW championship. It almost, it almost was, I can tell you why he, he well, he, he did everything to not win the championship over there. Exactly. Like he, he, he put, he put himself in a stipulation where he could never get another championship match. I don't know if Tony Khan wanted to make him the guy. I don't know if the bucks saw him as the guy to lead that company as the champion and the world champion, but You know, with what Triple H said, how much of that is legitimate, Drew, where Triple H says, well, he didn't want to win his first world championship in a secondary promotion. He wanted to come back home, win the big prize that everybody knows is the most prestigious title in all of pro wrestling and do it at WrestleMania. I mean, there's a lot of truth to that as well. I mean, Cody's not going to tell you that because he doesn't want to bury his friends. And obviously, he's still got an amicable relationship with TK. But Triple H, Triple H has no problem saying that. I mean, if any any dig well, what is, any dig he would take at AEW, he's going to fucking take it.
2: What does Triple H have to lose? Nothing. I mean, truly, yeah, exactly. And he'll never work there. And I, I can tell you that right now. Triple H, Paul Levesque will never work in AEW. All of you watching me right now, I will bet my last dollar. Triple H will never be in AEW, okay? So he can say whatever the hell he wants. The thing with Cody is I think that Cody has taken a lot of steps to get to where he's at right now. I think this is the ultimate goal. Uh, I think he wanted to elevate his, his rise, and he's done that. Went to AEW, became a huge star. Do I think in the back of Cody Rhodes' mind, he thought, I don't want that to be the first world championship I win. Possibly. I will say this, that I think as we got further and further into AEW, I think Cody saw that this was the time, more now than ever, to jump, to WWE because he was the biggest name that he was ever going to be. His star was as bright as it was ever going to be over an AEW. And now is the perfect time to jump. And I do believe that Cody did want to win his first world championship in WWE. So I think that is part of it. Um, but I don't believe that was the initial thought that Cody had running through his head. I think as we got, and this is me saying, I don't know this to be fact. I've never asked Cody, but I will say that I do believe that Cody, I'm just like, he won't win that world heavyweight championship. He will not. I hope not. He will not. That will not be the first world championship. He wins. He will definitely uh, win the title that has eluded him and his family. And that is Roman's championship when he does win that. But I will say that um, I I do believe that as we got into year two and three of his AEW tenure. Yeah. uh, I think Cody has take, because think of it this way. If he wins that AEW championship, then comes on WWE TV, on Monday Night Raw after his debut at WrestleMania and says what he says, everyone would be like, dude, are you serious? Like, you won AEW's World Championship and you're basically just shitting on it like it was nothing? That was nothing? But it wasn't because he won the NWA World Championship. He made a big deal about that. His father held that championship. But his father never held the WWE Championship. And that's, I do think that was ultimately his end goal.
0: Do you think he had, uh, I don't know when he maybe was thinking about jumping ship. Do you think that... In his AEW run, he was already kind of mulling in his own mind that when his contract's coming up, talking to Brandy about it over dinner at home. Yeah, I I think it's our our, our decision now to go there. You know, the the right time, he, he chose this time to go. Why didn't he wait? You know, these are the questions that I think about. Like, why did he choose last year to show up? Do do you think he had an eye on the product to see where it was and where he would fit in best? And maybe he was thinking, you know, Roman's not going to hold that championship forever. He may be dwindling down with his schedule and sees Roman taking a lighter schedule. They're not going to have Roman hold the championship, you know, forever. And Roman, you know, with all the rumors of him going to Hollywood, do you think that he was watching all of this play out and then he chose now to do it based on all these factors?
2: Listen, timing is everything in life. And yeah. For all the schmendricks here in the chat sitting here saying that Cody would never say he left for money. I would almost guarantee that if Cody Rhodes took his contract from WWE that they had offered and showed it to Tony Khan, Tony would have either matched it or even put a couple hundred thousand more.
0: I, I don't know why you. people I don't know why people think that Tony Khan is not, not going to match a contract yeah. with somebody of that of that stature like he t- Yeah. Tony Khan does not fucking take that shit lightly. I can tell you that from from just what we've read and what we've seen. Here's the deal with Tony Khan and the Khan family. They are in the national
2: football business. Their family owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they are in the most shark-infested waters you could ever be in, in terms of free agents, players, coaches, et cetera, et cetera. They paid a coach to go away. They paid him to leave. A boatload of money to leave. (laughs) I mean, we're talking excess of 30 40 50 million dollars to just say bye-bye see ya we don't need you here thank you for your thank you for your six games we're gonna pay you for your, your contract i mean if you don't think that the cons are or are, are have that ego where i'm not gonna be outbid you're crazy OK, yeah, so we could put that to bed. I do believe that Cody is a calculated man, and I do believe that when things started to fall into place, no more EVP, all this other stuff. OK, they're really focusing on CM Punk and Brian Danielson. I'm going to go take my talents to WWE because realistically, I will be the second biggest fish in that pond, And he is. He is. I mean, do you watch WWE and see? They are building Cody and Brock three like it's Rock Austin. I mean, it's, and, and they have a world championship match between Finn Balor and Seth Freakin' Rollins, and that seems like an afterthought. Yeah. Truthfully. So I think Cody was calculated, and I think timing was everything, and I think that as we got closer and closer to that expiration date of that contract, he was signed, sealed, and delivered to WWE. Uh,
0: you, you and I know that the Triple H comment about uh, AEW being a secondary promotion, you know, isn't anything at all. I mean, it was a, a five-second line in an hour-and-a-half documentary, about Cody Rhodes, people made a big deal about it. Triple H, like you like you perfectly said before, can say that he's got nothing to lose and he'll take any cheap shot he can at AEW. As I do believe, he thinks that AEW kind of pushed NXT out of uh, where they were with the Dynamite, you know, uh, train rolling into Wednesday nights. But w- with him saying it's a secondary promotion, Drew, a lot of people are like, well, they are a secondary promotion. I, I mean, you know, the way you want to look at it it's not really them being a secondary promotion. I think I think the way he made it sound sounds a little less than... AEW is the second biggest wrestling promotion in the world outside WWE, and they were automatically that upon entry into the business with Tony Khan's backing. Now, they've gained more popularity and more steam, but for them to be called a secondary promotion in the way Triple H made it sound, Drew, I don't don't think it's giving them their fair share of the pizza pie, honestly, because they just sold 80,000 tickets to All In. I I don't don't think a secondary promotion, you know, the way he made it sound, is going to be able to do that in their first time in London.
2: Well, I mean, listen, you could call AW whatever the hell you want, but at the end of the day, AW is competition to WWE. So, I mean, we can call them secondary, we can call them whatever, you know, but at the end of the day, there's two... There's two promotions here. There's two companies in the wrestling business and the sports entertainment business, and that would be WWE and AEW. So they're going to take shots at each other, just like WWE and WCW did. But I mean, again, let me make this blatantly clear. When I say they're getting a Rock and Austin build, I am not comparing Cody Rhodes and, and Brock Lesnar to Stone Cold Steve Austin. They're getting video packages, they're getting a ton of time, and they're getting an extreme build. And that's the treatment they're getting, guys. Don't be so one, like, one-track like one mind, please. It's hard for me to keep up with all these idiots in the comments, all right? I'm just being honest with you. I like you guys, but if you can't follow, then I don't know what to tell you, truthfully. I didn't say they were a and Austin.
0: I said they're getting the treatment um yeah, i don't know why, yeah. did, why did they why did they take that out of context it's not I rock don't. awesome i mean the video package was very movie like it was very cinematic. Yeah. last no, Cinema. here I thought, we go Cinema. I, I mean I, I hated it i didn't think anything about it really the, the but, song
2: is a is a downer but it is a, a good song I, does it fit not for me n- no um let's talk about this let's kind of move away from the triple h comments and everything else cody said he'd like to have arm Arn anderson manage him in wwe Would you like to see that, or do you think that's kind of like, eh, no thanks?
0: Yes, I think whatever Cody can do to surround himself with whoever has been close to his family and close to his father on this road to the top, I think that would give him uh, a much, I would say much better perception than what we've gotten of Cody Rhodes right now. I feel like, and and you and I have discussed this on on almost every episode so far of this show on Tuesday. I, I don't feel Cody's momentum is there. He's got the crowd reaction. He's got the backing of the company. He's got the merchandise sales. His momentum and creative on TV is not equal to what he is in the eyes of WWE. I think by getting somebody like that, a close family friend, is going to be a good thing. And also, WWE doesn't really do the managerial thing anymore either. And I'm a big fan of that. I'm an old soul. I think managers in the current day have every right to be there and could be utilized just like they were back in the 80s and the 90s. But Yeah, I'd love to see it. I really, I really would. So for me, it's a miss, right? I'd rather have like Arn and DDP
2: and all these other guys ringside uh, when Cody eventually wins his first world championship in WWE, which I think will be in Philadelphia. Cody's talked about how Philly's like a second home to him and the fans welcome him and all that other stuff. So uh, that's something I would do. But I think, you know, again, I'm going to make a comparison. So don't lose your mind chat. Okay. Um, (laughs) Jose Lothario was brought in for Shawn Michaels to kind of add some sympathy to Shawn, and then it was to build a match with Sid. Cody doesn't need any of this stuff. Cody doesn't need a manager. Uh, Roman Reigns has a wise man in Paul Heyman, and I think it just fits. He's arrogant. He just thinks who the hell he is, and it works as Paul Heyman could do his bidding and his business. For me, Cody bringing Arn into WWE, it's too much, and I think all that does is kind of like Give a little nod and, and a nudge and a wink-wink to that, hey, we saw what you guys did in AEW, and we're going to do it better, which I get, but for me, it's just a miss. I don't need Cody with Arn. I don't. I really don't.
0: Uh, I don't think we need Cody to have any sympathy uh, from the fans either. I mean, I think that's going to just do uh, everything that uh, WWE doesn't want to have happen. I, I think that's going to have the reverse effect, honestly. I, I don't want to sympathize with Cody. We've already been there. Like right. We've we've sympathized with him. Cody should really be portrayed as the fucking guy that went out there, kicked ass, came back, proved himself. And now he's here to take what's rightfully what rightfully is his. I don't want him to be beat up. I don't want to watch him get beat up every other week by Brock. I don't want to have sympathy and be like, oh, my God, Cody right in front of his mother. Oh, no, I feel so bad for no. Cody should be out there fucking kicking ass and taking names. This is the guy that we want. Yet WWE's building him like John Cena. WWE's building sympathy. Oh my God, we got to feel bad for Cody. No. Well, it's that white meat baby face
2: that it's WWE's bread and butter and the kids love it. And I know mm. everyone's like, well, stop watching the show through your kid's eyes. Well, I'm telling you that the kids are the ones who are going to get mom and dad to buy tickets and buy merch and all that other stuff. And I'm telling you, I get it. I do. I I, I hear you, JD. But for Um, a business perspective. They're building him. They put a lot of sympathy on him. I think it's a smart way to go about the business. And Cody is going to be that ass kicker, but he's not going to be like Brock Lesnar ass kicker. You know, he's, that's just not his game. I mean, he's not an MMA fighter. He's not a brawler. Cody is just that guy who works, who will outwork you. And that's, that's the beauty of Cody Rhodes. And what will happen is that that's his story. They released this because this is the, re-rise of Cody Rhodes. Everyone thought I'm dead, buried, blah, blah, blah. He's going to beat Brock on Saturday. And then he's going to go into a program with whomever. Probably not Randy. We'll get to that. And I think he's still going to have that eventual rise. I don't know how he gets to Roman at
0: 40, but he is. And you mentioned you mentioned Jose, Jose Lothario. Uh, what, what did you think of Shawn Michaels' run then? Like, I don't think Jose Lothario really added anything as far as no. what, what I wanted to see to Shawn Michaels. I mean, no. I, you 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 know as good as I do. When we got into that MSG Survivor Series show, MSG was what 14,000 14, deep. That and was my they, first they, show. They were they were fucking all for Sid that night. Why why yeah. were they, why did they turn? Because uh, uh, is that because of what I just mentioned about Cody and the sympathy? Shawn had too much sympathy, and the fans kind of turned away from that.
2: No, I think that what happened with Sean was, um, it's plain and simple. The Garden is the Garden. That was my first show. I was 10 years old. Um, So I will say this, you know, when when Sid's music hit, I was like, holy shit, what's happening here? And I was a 10-year-old kid, and I was just like, what's happening? Because at that point, you really, you don't get, they were cheering. MSG in New York City has always had that reputation where they they cheer the, the bad guys and they boo the good guys. But, I mean, that was different. Sean was white hot came into the garden. They wanted Sid and good on Vince and WWE for listening, because I don't know how that crowd takes Shawn Michaels walking out of that building with the WWE uh, championship. I really don't. Um, but uh, Jose Lothario added nothing to Shawn Michaels run. In my opinion, the only thing it did was it was, it was a vehicle to help build uh, Sean going into the Alamo dome in 97. But if you rewind, Sean was with Jose at 96 at WrestleMania, basically like his trainer and stuff like that. And I just, I thought it it took away from Sean's run. Yeah, it really I did. did. Yeah. I, I, really, I, I could see, I could see why you wouldn't want on with Cody then. No, I just think that Cody, this needs to be Cody cut yeah. and dry. If this happens, great. I don't want, like for me, when I saw um, Brandy and his daughter ringside and they showed them on camera and he kissed him, I thought in my head, I was like, shit, they're going to put the championship on Cody. And that's I was like, that's okay. We'll see how this runs. But then it didn't happen, and I was like, wow, good on WWE. Good for all of this because they made everybody believe that this was
0: going to happen, and it didn't. So Yeah, which upset uh, millions of fucking people, man. You didn't want to be on social media after WrestleMania this year, I'll tell you that. No, uh, this
2: is going to upset the chat too, but let me ask you this. Uh, in my opinion... AEW leans too heavily on this ECW legend stuff. Which, listen, there's an ECW one night stand ticket behind me. There's two of them. I went to both one night stand.
0: I think Drew got. Uh, I think Drew got cut. Hold on. I'm waiting for him to come back. Because he did this, he did this last. Can you week. hear me? Yeah, there you go. There you go. You just he right. just cut out for some reason, man. ECW, you take it behind you, and then you froze like fucking Charlotte Flair. All man. right.
2: So I'm a huge ECW fan, always have been, always will be. Um, and the fact of the matter is here is that AEW seems to have an ECW legend infatuation. Jerry Lynn is 60 some odd years old. I think he's 60. He seems like he's going to have either a match or a confrontation with Jack Perry tomorrow night on Dynamite. Is this ECW infatuation with their legends a problem with AEW? Because for me,
0: I don't need this. I mean, honestly, I don't know if it's a problem, but they certainly think that because Jack Perry's feuding with the son of an ECW legend that they need to now inject all of Taz's ECW friends into the mix, potentially. We don't really know where it's going to go until we see what happens tomorrow night on Dynamite. But we've already seen Sabu, and we've seen how that really didn't play into anything that involved him. It was just a waste of time. We all know Tony Khan is an ECW fan. We all know that Tony Khan respects and appreciates what ECW brought to the business and how the business was molded after ECW with the Attitude Era and all that. Fine. But as far as Jerry Lynn wrestling, I don't think Jerry Lynn's going to wrestle at 60. Now, I heard a rumor going around today. I don't know if this is true that this will lead to uh an ECW legend wrestling Jack Perry at All In. I've heard wow. rumors of Goldberg RVD. potentially coming in. I don't even know if RVD is good to go anymore. Why would go- I want to see that? N-
2: Goldberg and Jack Perry? Yeah. Why Goldberg was never in ECW? I don't know. What I are we I, doing I don't here?
0: know where I heard this rumor. I seen it okay. today floating around. I don't know. I hope to god not, but Uh, I don't think Jerry Lynn's wrestling tomorrow night. I I think this will lead to something else. I mentioned maybe Tommy Dreamer, maybe Bully Ray, somebody that is, uh, you know, of the right mind that could actually move around in the ring still. But even that, is it good enough for All-In? No, it's not. And I think it's actually beneath Jack Perry.
2: Yeah, I get it, okay? I get it. Tony Khan was a huge ECW fan, and now he's getting the chance to literally take his action figures and make them real life. I get it. But for me, if it's not Rhino... And it's not RVD. The ECW stuff needs to stop. It really does because WWE milked all of that in 05 06 and even 07 08. We are past it. Okay. I'm sorry, but we are, I don't want to see the NWO tried out on WWE TV anymore either. I don't, it's not just an AEW thing. WWE has absolutely obliterated the NWO in terms of like visibility and everything else like that, where I just, I don't want to see it anymore. So I, I just don't see the the need for this Jerry Lynn involvement. And it sh- if it's anybody, it should be Taz. That's Taz's title. Why isn't Taz bringing somebody? But again, I
0: ask, is it good enough for all in? I don't think it's good enough for all in. No. And is AEW, is Tony Khan... Dropping the ball, I see a lot of people getting very vocal in Tony Khan's comments on social media, on Twitter. When he posts something, a lot of people are asking, where's the all-in card? Where's the all-in card? When are we getting a match? You look at Dynamite show on Wednesday, Drew. I don't think one match, maybe one match, maybe the Jericho tag team match with Takesha against Garcia and Guevara. Which is a miss. I I mean, look at the Dynamite card, bro. I don't know how anything on that show translates to something happening at all-in. Is Tony Khan dropping the ball with all in and not having one match announced. And what is he waiting for to announce a match? And why is this the new norm in, in pro wrestling where they wait till maybe two weeks, three weeks before the actual show to announce anything? We should have got a match announcement maybe three, four weeks ago. You ready for the chat to explode all 1500 of you? Go ahead. Watching at home. I am going to say this now.
2: I don't think they should do this, but I think the pay-per-view slash PLE concept for this type of event would work because we are in a boom period, a reboom period of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. It's never been hotter. On the WWE side, internationally for AEW, and even so, AEW is still doing uh, good numbers and decent attendance numbers. I will say this. I think they should have an event where they just advertise who's going to be there. Every championship will be on the line, and we don't know the card. It's just, the, the advertisement will be, Uh, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, CM Punk, FTR, all these men and women will be at the event and they will wrestle. And all of a sudden you get, and I understand professional wrestling is about storylines there. It's about the whole story and the build, but for one night, you could do this. And I think it sells because the unpredictability of what match is going to happen and who's going to be, I think a lot of people would dig it, especially the AEW crowd. Think about it. Kenny Omega's music hits. And everybody is watching this event, and nobody knows who he's going to take on. And then all of a sudden, it's CM Punk's music. You, mean, you know how many people would become unglued watching that? And I, th- I don't know who put this concept out there. I saw it on Twitter. so I or X, Yeah, or Bully, Ray, Bully Ray said it on it well, Open. Bully okay, he, he, said,
0: he said if he was in charge, he wouldn't announce one fucking match and just watch the show, and then whatever comes out of the curtain, or whoever comes out of the curtain, comes out of the yeah. curtain. That's exactly your match. Exactly right.
2: Yep, and I am not taking credit for what Bully Ray said. I saw it on Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it nowadays, and I thought it was genius. And I think it can work in today's wrestling landscape because we're already, you're buying the pay-per-view. All 1,500 of you are buying the pay-per-view in here as well. Of course, we're going to get the one or twos like, I'm not buying it. Whatever. When we're all subscribed to Peacock, for the most part, even if you hate watch WWE, you're subscribing to it. So I think what Bully Ray said does hold a lot of merit, and I think it would work. It really
0: would especially with the loaded roster that we have. Maybe You're that's quite, where he's going. I don't know. He, I, I mean, there's got to be a reason for why he hasn't done anything yet. We're three weeks away.
2: Yeah, and the fa- I don't think he's going that way, truthfully, but I think that would keep a lot of... Listen, the intrigue would be out of control. It would be... I mean, the the wrestling... Everybody loves to play that game with professional wrestling, right? Who's going to win? is Who's going to do... That's why you watch the shows, right? So give us an event we have no idea who's versing who, and you want to
0: talk about people exploding and people losing their minds, that's it. I don't know, man. I think it gives Tony kind of reason to be lazy and take Mm. the fans for granted. I also feel like people want to know what they're paying for. Mm -hmm. Like, I I want to know what I'm paying for. Like, I want to see a card, whether it's seven, eight, nine matches. I want to know what I'm paying for. Like, I'm paying for it anyway. But, like, I'm talking about it like a casual person that doesn't do what we do. You know, you want to get... A card, so you know what you're paying for, and if you don't get a card and you don't know what's going to be on the show, how could you expect people to shell out $50 for the unknown? Like, I don't know how that concept works. I I get what what everybody's saying. It's going to build intrigue. It's almost like you're buying a fucking mystery pack, like— you may get something. You may not get something. And then when you don't get when you don't get anything, you're gonna be fucking pissed. And then you're gonna be complaining to Tony Khan, "Fuck you, man! Where's the card? You robbed me of my do money it anyway. You're know? gonna it's, do it anyway. It's, it's a it's a very very risky
2: situation, man. I listen. I'm not arguing that. But do you know how many people buy these stupid mystery boxes off eBay and all this other stuff? These mystery cards? I was packs? one of them. Right. All right. So. <laughs>
0: I bought the elite boxes, man. You don't know what you're going to get from from pro wrestling. You You may get some fucking bullshit in there from the eighties. Like, what the fuck? What's this shit? Right. I'm just saying,
2: I like that to me, like people are already doing it. You buy these beat spoke boxes and whatever else, and you have no idea what the hell's in it. You're going to buy the pay-per-view for 50 bucks. Anyway, it's like four drinks at a bar nowadays. So I mean, cut the shit. You're going to buy the pay-per-view anyway. Give it a whirl. See what happens. Shout out to bully Ray for making it um, a suggestion. I actually think it would work. To your original question, we'll get back to here. To- all in, does Tony Khan need to announce something? Yeah, he sure as shit does. But I'll say this, he's already got 77,000 people in that building. So the only thing he needs to worry about is pay-per-view buys. And you know they're coming at forty-nine ninety-nine. And for me, it doesn't matter if I don't get a card in a week or two weeks. I'm still buying the pay-per-view because I'm an honest man. And that's what I'm telling everybody in here. You're still buying the pay-per-view. You might be frustrated with the lack of direction that's happening with All Elite Wrestling and this show because realistically, this is their moment. This is AEW's moment. All of you AEW fans, this is your moment. You are going to have 80,000 people descend on Wembley Stadium in London, England. And this is your time to change the game. You did it once. Do it again. And right now, it seems like we're dropping the ball a little bit.
0: They are dropping the ball, and then they got all out to worry about. So, uh, I mean, whenever this media, this media call happens, uh, I, I hope somebody asks the question of, what's taking so long? How are you going to juggle two pay-per-views in a single week? I mean, it's, it, it's a lot, but I, I get why people are upset. I get why he may not announce something beforehand. I just like to know what's going to happen before I, I venture off and do something and pay that type of money. Well, and, let me and, and this: I feel, I feel like the television shows are actually suffering as well because you're getting what you're getting on Wednesday night and people are expecting stories and build and leading to this big show and he sold 80,000 people and all people can think about is or he sold 80,000 tickets and it's like he fucking went to sleep and he's not going to wake up until we get to, to, to London. Where's the build? Like you're taking your be, fans for granted. Announce something. We want to know.
2: But to be fair, WWE does this all the time. Guys. And that's a problem. I agree, but they have started to change that mold. But WWE did this for years with WrestleMania. I mean, it was, well, the place is sold out and it's on Peacock. So we have nothing to really sell right now. So we'll just announce the matches when we want to. And I don't think that's what Tony Khan is doing. I think Tony Khan is legitimately trying to put some serious pieces to a puzzle. And again, I think that the biggest problem they have, and I want your thoughts on this, is we are going to pay $49.99. For all in whether you split it with people whatever i see you guys i'm not paying 50 bucks nobody does all right we don't need to give away all the trade secrets here all right (laughs) let's just calm it down i'm the the only
0: dumbass that pays verizon 50 bucks a pop
2: you split it with your buddies good for you that's what we all do here all right just calm it down i don't need you know youtube cracking everybody across the head and we got bleach report coming after us i don't want that here's the deal all right 49.99 for all in and then you want another 50 bucks for all out a week later i made it what does money grow on trees like uh, come on what do you we got it there's got to be something because i i think that's a lot asking for your fans to do that it
0: really is i don't know why i I don't know why they did what they did i mean it's what are we it's 26 days away uh all ends 27th um all out happening legitimately the following weekend in chicago I don't know why he did not bundle this into one premium price for both shows. I mean, it's forty nine ninety nine a pop for the HD version of the show. I think that's the only version that's available. I don't know who's not watching anything in HD. So he's spending $100 plus fees to watch both of these shows. I don't know why he didn't do a bundle, Drew. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe 79 dollars for both shows. Like, I, I think people would have jumped on board with that. But $100? I mean, the $20 difference is going to go a long way. I mean, that's... That's a, a fucking, uh, in today's market, a, a nice large pizza pie for for, for the family dinner on a, on a random Thursday night, you know? He tried. And the problem is, is I don't think the Bleacher Report app and
2: all that other stuff can handle this bundle. So I I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they do a BOGO or something like that where you buy one and they'll send you a code and you get half off. I don't know what they're doing. They, they, are, they have been trying. They being AW, they are trying to do
0: something. Okay. Well, uh, as long as they try to do something. I mean, regardless, you know, like you said. No, no matter what people are thinking about the price, they will digest this somehow, some way, whether they pay for it or they, they go through nefarious means of watching. People will be watching regardless of what Tony Khan's going to be doing on, on I, uh, the 27th.
2: I respect all of you who sit there and be like, listen, I pay full price because I want to support AEW. Good for you. I and- love that. I love that for you guys. I do. I got three kids. I'm just trying to just trying to make ends meet here. Yeah. and uh, I'm not paying a hundred bucks for two pay per views. Love you guys, but thank you know and thank you for supporting AEW and all that other stuff. Speaking of AEW, all in JD, uh, August 23rd. I want your take on this. Uh, they're going to su- reportedly AEW is going to be taping Collision and Dynamite. Dynamite will be live, and they'll be taping Collision that same night in Duluth, Georgia. This will mark the first time this ever happens. Obviously, Collision is only a month and a half old. Uh, Is this something or nothing? Because this is the go home before all in. So technically, you know, if we're going to do this whole elite build, this is versus punk and FTR. This is where everything would come head to head. Doesn't seem like we're headed that way. But do you think this is a a big deal? Do you think this is something or is this just the dirt sheets picking up on crap?
0: No, it's just the dirt sheets uh, again, selling uh, dirt and selling drama. Um, we're not even there yet. This story came out. I, I seen this story yesterday, and apparently, people are making this into uh, a big ordeal as well. So what? They'll be sharing the locker room. I mean, does anybody expect what happened last year at all out to happen here on August 23rd before their biggest show ever? Like I don't, I don't understand. Maybe, maybe they tape Dynamite Drew, and then the Dynamite crew leaves the building, and then we have the Collision crew for the nightcap. It's like. You know, you have a little birthday party and a birthday, you know, a little birthday party in a club and then the birthday party leaves and then you get ready for the fucking after party with all the adults coming in. That's what I figured that they would do. Get the dynamite crew out of there, bring the collision crew in and then goodbye. I mean, why do they have to share the same locker room if they don't want to? But even, I, if, even if they have to, what's the big yeah. deal? Like adults, we're all grown men here and women. Right. And again, I agree with you. I think it's
2: a lot to do about nothing. But I will say that, you know, um, I dynamite seems like it's going to be live. I think the best thing to do is to tape collision before this, because if it's after, man, that is, that's I, that's a long I, night. It's a long night. It is. Yeah. It's a very, very long night. Um, and we have two new world champions. Well, one, yes. AEW has a new world champion, the real world champion. That that leaves AEW with two world championships. Great. Um, I love it's, it. You love it. Yes. It seems like we have a hard brand split. For the majority of the talent, and you know, is this the right? Is this the right call, JD? I,
0: I, yes, it is. It is the right call. I've asked for this even before Collision got started with. As soon as we heard the rumors about a, a, a soft brand split, then it goes to a hard brand split, and then it's back to soft. W- whatever you want to call it, I honestly think the names that are being showcased on Collision have been made into bigger stars because they have been given their own show in AEW Collision. Ricky Starks is bigger than he's ever been. He looks like a main event guy. He's in the ring with Punk. He's a bigger name for it, and he's done some of his best work on this show in the seven weeks it's been on TV compared to everything he's done on Dynamite in the first three years. Same thing with Andrade. Andrade looks bigger and better than ever than he has been on Collision. Malachi, I'm waiting to see more Malachi. Apparently, House of Black is going to have, or Malachi, and it was going to have a match with Andrade supposedly at All In. I hope that's the case. I'd pay good money to see that itself. Punk is there. Uh, Christian Cage is doing some awesome work. And the list goes on. FTR, Jay White, you see what the Bullet Club has done on Collision, being that they are on that show specifically and not Dynamite. Bro, the, the brand split, whatever you want to call it, is working. And I wish that they'd actually dive a little bit deeper into that. And the fact that CM Punk finally revealed what was in the red sack, I was so happy that he finally did because now we're going to get the whole CM Punk universe kind of coming together now. This is what we've waited for ever since he went out with injury and then came back. He's the real world champion. People made a big deal. I know you've seen it. He spray painted the X over the E because it was signifying elite. I mean, how else is he going to spray paint a fucking X without going over the E uh, across the center of the title? I mean, give me a fucking break. But, you know, I I get a lot of Hulk Hogan uh, WCW vibes when he spray painted the NWO. Whatever it is, man, two world champions is going to play into the MJF thing coming to AEW television sooner rather than later. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well, but. I love the fact that we get two world champions because the brand split to me is something that AEW with this huge roster really needs to go out there and explore.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, is that we really saw this competition uh, between brands early in the WWE brand split. It was like Raw wanted to beat SmackDown and SmackDown wanted to beat Raw. And we have not seen that in WWE for a long time. Yep. And now we're we're pretty much seeing this in AEW you know, CM Punk has shirts that say, I'm a collision guy. He's put out there colliders, all this other stuff. CM Punk wants to beat dynamite. He wants to beat the, he wants collision to beat dynamites ratings week after week. And they're growing Uh, collisions. Ratings are up. I think they did 700,000 this week and I'm not much of a ratings guy, but I will tell you that that's a really good number for a Saturday night. So I will say that I agree with you. I think the brand split, if you want to call it that, has given new life and new juice to a lot of guys and girls who desperately needed it on that overcrowded roster. I don't like the two world championships. I like that CM Punk had a championship. All he needed to say, in my opinion, was, Max, you never beat me for this, so this is not your world championship. This is mine. And when me and you come face-to-face, we're going to find out who the real world's champion is. And then you could have done that at all in. What I think AEW is trying to do, which smart on Tony Khan, is he knows collision's going head to head with Summerslam on Saturday. Yeah. So what they did is they're having a world's championship match on Saturday to run neck and neck with SummerSlam with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat as the special guest enforcer. They're trying to pull eyeballs away from SummerSlam.
0: Yeah, and for all the glue sniffers on social media who think I'm covering collision <laughs> and covering collision. And not SummerSlam. I mean, why would I give up a, a huge payday for myself and cover Collision and not SummerSlam? So, yes, I will be covering SummerSlam, and oh, then I'll shit. worry about I'm, Collision on I'm Sunday I'm stealing night. that one. Glue <laughs> Snippers, I like that. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. But, but you, you
2: can, can have Schmendrix. <laughs> you can take that from me. I'm, I'm stealing Glue Snippers. The Ask only, your wife what Schmendrix is. She'll tell you.
0: Bro, the only the only thing about this I don't like is MJF, he should already be addressing this, man. He should already be conjuring something in his head about, you know, hey, uh, CM Punk, you, you got a world championship over there. What the fuck you doing? I'm the real world champion. He's over there playing uh, house with Adam Cole, right? So oh, that's- it's like that's the only part I don't like. It's like CM Punk unveils his new world championship, and all of a sudden MJF is dealing with Adam Cole, and he's not making this an issue instantly. If someone did that to me, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I'm going to put this off for a second. Let me go see what CM Punk is doing over here. He's a fucking world champion. Give me a break. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, for me, like the build
2: right there is MJF and Cole. Like I, they, and it's like, they're there and they're not going there. And I, this has been something that's kind of like convoluted for AW. That's the match, the turn, the match at all in. And the other match at all in is Punk versus Kenny. It's a huge singles match that everybody wants to see. And it seems like Kenny and Punk are willing to do business. So why not do it? Now we're headed to Punk and MJF, it seems, at all in. I'm not necessarily hating on it, But it seems like AEW at times takes this convoluted way to get somewhere. And maybe they can't have some of these matches that we want. But, man, like the Jericho-Takeshna tag match, nah. Just give me fucking Jericho and Sting. Yeah. And let that be it. Give me MJF and Cole. And let them have a rematch it all in in a ladder match. I just don't fucking get it sometimes. Like, sometimes it's just like... Why won't you just give everybody what they want? Because Vince did it too. Because you think you're smarter than us? Okay, fine. Yeah. But come on.
0: come on. Uh, uh, MJF and Adam Cole had the highest quarter-by-quarter quarter rating with, uh, with FTR uh, for collision, which I think gave them 770,000 people on a Saturday night, which is very good for a Saturday night in yeah. 2023, especially with a fucking UFC show that happened that same night. Um, what are they doing with this, bro? Do you see them now continuing it after what we saw on collision Uh, I know a lot of people were expecting, including me. I I thought we were getting the breakup and then maybe the match like you had uh, talked about and alluded to at all in, but it looks like after MJF teased, he was going to hit Adam Cole. uh, That did not happen. And we are are living on with uh, better than you, Bay Bay. Is is Tony Khan now kind of rethinking about, you know, what to do with this? Like they're bringing in the ratings. They're selling a shit ton of merch. It it is their biggest storyline in the entire company right now. What does he do going into all in? Do they, Do they keep MJF a baby face? I mean, he's fucking killing it. Like, I don't want to see it, but he's fucking killing it.
2: And here's the thing, right? It's just like, okay, so the story we're telling, it seems as if MJF and Cole are like best friends that are eventually going to split and they're eventually going to meet for that world championship. But now we're telling another story that CM Punk is claiming himself as the real world's champion. And what does MJF think about that? It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, give me a, like, just how about one? How about one? Let me sink my teeth into one instead of being like, well, we're here and then we're going to go there and then we're headed here. And then this is headed that way. And then we're going left and we're going right. And if you miss that, we're going to the Senate. It's like, what the dude, what? Yeah, what? I don't want to. The mental gymnastics at times is too much for me. I really dig MJF and Cole. And, and, and truthfully, they, they lost their tag team title shot. They're not getting another one. Right. So what the fuck? what are we doing here?
0: What are we doing? Maybe one ties into the other. Maybe MJF gets so upset that CM Punk came out and now stepping on his territory with his this fake world championship. And maybe he takes it out on Adam Cole, and then he turns on Adam Cole because of that. I don't know. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. I, 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 again, I just think that, again, there is a major
2: opportunity for All Elite Wrestling at, at Wembley Stadium and All In. And I think they need to put the biggest matches they possibly can on that card that everybody wants to see. Because otherwise, I mean, do you really... Uh, guys, come on. Jericho and Takeshna taking on who? Who are we getting? We're getting Sammy Guevara and...
0: Uh, Bro, the, else, the, right? the rumor was Jericho and Osprey. That's what SAP reported, I believe. the fuck? And no. who wants that? Who asks for that? Nobody. I I, I, I don't know what they... I mean, I don't even know where the fuck they go. But if Malachi and Andrade are wrestling, you got my uh, A-OK on that one for sure. sure. Uh, other than that, Adam Cole, MJF, potentially... Um, I'd like to see that again, but we don't really know where they're going. We don't know how to fit in anybody, uh, going into that show. Uh, going back quickly, Drew, to the, to the split, this hard or soft brand split, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. Um, I know one thing that happened on collision. I don't know if you paid attention to it was the fact that Mercedes Martinez showed up and wrestled Kiara Hogan, nothing match, but now Mercedes Martinez is targeting Chris Statlander for the TBS championship. And I know there was uh, a lot of discussion around Britt Baker and what's going on on Dynamite and this and that. With a hard brand split, do you see Tony Khan potentially giving the women a split? Because I I talked about this on Saturday when I went live. Maybe we get Statlander on one show and Tony storm on the other. And we get split women's championships on both shows as well. And maybe two separate women's divisions. Those who, are on a, those who don't want to work under the political circumstances and the political climate that was reported this week. And then maybe more of a, you know, different vibe on collision. Do you see that possibly working out? I think it could. I think there's a lot of championships in AEW too
2: many, in my opinion. Yeah. And it it's like, okay. Who's who's your champion? Who's not your champion? Which where does this rank in the whole like ranking systems of championship? It's just a lot, man. So yeah, give me let the TBS title go over to uh dynamite and let the T, you know, and then whatever else you want to, I, I don't know, the, the women's championship yeah. come on over to, to collision. Um, that works for me, truthfully. Um, and Mercedes Monet being an AW is a win-win. So yeah. And if she wants to be on collision, great.
0: I, you know, for me, it's just like i it's it's a lot it's a lot there is a lot of titles i don't i don't know why we have so many titles but uh i I was thinking about that on saturday too when that happened but uh shifting gears here going into uh wwe now we got a couple of wwe news and notes here they're returning to india on september 8th uh which is uh just a few days after payback which is happening labor day weekend in september um They are running a small venue, Drew, about 5,500 people. And I thought this was going to be like a premium live event thing or a special event on on Peacock. Apparently it's not. It's going to be a Raw-only show. SmackDown is going to be in Boston, Massachusetts that same day. So it's only going to be the Raw stars. So that means we'll get uh, Veer and Jinder Mahal and Shanky and uh, fucking—what's his name? Uh, The other guy that teams with Veer. I forgot. Inder Share. Uh, Whatever whatever the case may be. But um, this is just going to be a regular house show.
2: Yeah. And again, you know, um, I think some of these shows that they do, you know, when they go to MSG and they go to the Allstate Arena or they go to Nassau Coliseum or they go to some of the bigger buildings in you know Texas and California and even across the pond, whatever they want to do. I think they should throw these on Peacock. I mean, realistically, you know, this is an India show. It's going to be, you know, like you said, 5,500. And for me. You know, you probably get, you know, the hometown guys and girls getting their matches and stuff like that that are currently under WWE contract. Um, But, yeah, it is a big deal for the WWE international market. I'd watch it, you know, my free time just to see because it's always cool to see things out of the country, out of the United States. But, I mean, I, I this... I really feel like WWE should fully take advantage, and NBCU, Peacock, Comcast should 100% want to be on board with this. You're already paying for it. Hey, listen, you're already going to record this, this crap?
0: I know you guys are. WWE's already recording it. Why not throw it on Peacock? Why go so small? Why 5,500? I mean, they're going into India, bro. They could easily sell 15, 20,000 tickets if they want to do. Were they only allotted a smaller venue? No, Cody's not on it currently, and neither is Roman.
2: Oh, but well, Seth Rollins is there. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, I think... 6,000, you know, they could, I think it holds eight, you know, with the stage and stuff like that, who knows what they're going to do. I think it's the right size building to do a show. That's, you know, that's simultaneously running against SmackDown over in Boston. You know, I just, you know, I think it's, it's perfect. Uh, They don't need to, not every building needs to be 20,000 people like they did in Mexico, but the WWE's international market is through the roof.
0: Should be interesting in India. I want to see how uh, that all plays out there. NXT they're running an event. No mercy. They're bringing back their uh, their old WWE IPs and now incorporating them into NXT, which I don't really care for. I mean, TakeOver is no more. So these shows don't resemble anything uh, that is a premium live event, as what I said about the Great American Bash. It was anything but premium. Uh no, Heat Wave. They did the Heat Wave. Is, no yeah. Mercy. What if St. Valentine's Day Massacre? I mean, give me a break. Vengeance, it's just... Yeah, what they're doing to your point and your question
2: is: Do you think it's pettiness with their they, they have SummerSlam, Survivor Series now, even a WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble is all on Saturdays now. They're running NXT shows.
0: Th- this is they- this is definitely deliberate. Oh yeah, because Collision's rising. But but I I, I, th- I thought NXT was only running Sunday nights though. What what happened? Now it's, uh, it's No Mercy September thirtieth, head to head with AEW Collision because mm-hmm. AEW is gaining traction on Saturday night, and WWE is looking to stop that. With NXT, which kind of hurts my pocket because I covered the NXT show on Sunday night. I had a pretty decent fucking audience, 2,000 people live here for an NXT show, which is pretty decent in my honest opinion. Now we have these two shows running together. It's like, I, I want to watch both. I don't want to have to fucking flip back and forth between both of them at the, on the same night. I don't like it.
2: it'll work harder. Watch both at the same time, <laughs> God damn it Listen, I get it. And for me, w- I can tell you this right now. I, this is not inside information. I can tell you. WWE is going to continue to do this. NXT is going to have more PLEs that run neck and
0: neck with collision. I can promise you that. And it's the NXT brand that's going to be doing it. Well, I hope something else is happening that night where none of them get uh, the type of audience they're wanting. Maybe there's a big football game. Maybe there's a big, uh, I don't know. Maybe Saturdays. there's a maybe, and, college. I don't know. College. Whatever. But I, it, it is petty. And uh, they clearly are hypocrites, and they go back on what they say. Oh, we're not worried about them. We don't watch them. Yes, you do. Well, we clearly see everything hip- that's going on.
2: Yeah. Well, speaking of hypocrites, I don't think this man is, but I want your take on this. Paul Heyman went on first take this morning uh, with Roman Reigns, and he claimed to be the GOAT of wrestling managers. Do you agree or disagree? Like the greatest ever? Yeah, that's what. No.
0: Come on. No, he's not the greatest ever. Wow. He's number two. Two? He's number two. Two? Bobby Heenan.
2: He said Bobby Heenan's dead, so he doesn't count.
0: I don't – bro, listen, man. He's, uh, he's everybody's favorite Juso, is what he said, right? I mean, he, he's going to – bro, Paul Heyman will sell – what was the line that I heard? I was watching Tommy Boy with Chris mm-hmm. Farley the other day. I went to, I went to uh, Orlando for a family outing, and I was watching Tommy Boy, and Tommy's father – Was a huge salesman, obviously in the uh, Callahan Callahan, uh, industry, uh, Callahan brake parts, brake pads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he could sell uh, ketchup to a woman wearing white gloves, is what David Spade said. Yeah, 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 That's that's Paul Heyman, bro. I mean, he could sell you anything. I I I, I don't believe him when he says this necessarily. I think he's definitely in character, but he he's a salesman. He's he he comes off like a cheap car salesman, and that's what he's going to do. He's going to say he's going to tell you what you want to hear, right? He's going to tell you you know fabricated stories to fucking get you on his side. Do I think he is a goat? Yes. Do I think he is the goat? No, Bobby Heenan is. Do you want to know why? Because Bobby Heenan, the amount of talent that Bobby Heenan aligned himself with is basically what Paul Heyman is doing. So Paul Heyman is, is a direct, you know, you know, he's looking at Bobby Heenan, and that's his direct influence. You know, Paul Heyman has his crew, and Bobby Heenan had the Heenan family. But the one thing that Paul Heyman didn't have was what Bobby Heenan had after he was retired as an on-air manager, for talent, he was the best, and nobody will ever... You and I could be fucking disappeared off this earth, bro. There's not going to be anyone that sits in that chair, color commentator-wise, that's going to be better than Bobby the Brain Heenan. That's what Paul oh, Heyman yeah. doesn't have. So, But well, from, from, from being on air to transitioning to that, Paul Heyman can't sit there and tell everybody that he's better than Bobby Heenan. It's not.
2: First of all, Bobby or Paul Heyman's Bobby Heenan comments were 100% him being in character. Yes. So if you want to use the terminology working, yes, absolutely. Yes. In my opinion, I think Paul Heyman is nothing but the absolute... Uh, utmost respect for Bobby Heenan and the Heenan family. What I will say is that I don't really view Paul Heyman as an advocate or a manager. I view Paul Heyman as the guy who ran ECW and was a disruptor. That's how I view Paul Heyman. Now Paul Heyman has had a who's who of people that he has managed. He's also flubbed a couple of people too, but that's just the game, right? So for me, it is Bobby Heenan and then probably Paul Heyman Uh, and Paul Heyman to your, your thing about announcing. Paul Heyman was fantastic with Jim Ross. I'm not saying one.
0: I'm not saying that he was bad. Yeah. I'm just saying that he yeah. wasn't a Bobby Heenan.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I I'm just saying I, I for me Paul Heyman is and will always be the guy who ran ECW and disrupted an entire industry.
0: Now that's what we know him as. I mean, yeah. see, I grew up with ECW. I mean, we we were yeah. we were trading VHS tapes in high school for ECW because I didn't get it and I needed my fix of ECW. You know, Paul, I, we have Paul Heyman to thank for that.
2: TNN, there you go. That's where I saw. I saw. Uh, Randy Orton's been on the shelf with a back injury, J.D., for what seems like forever. Uh, it's been since May 22. I
1: missed that, man. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, he has a, uh, an undisclosed back injury that doctors have told him not to wrestle again, never wrestle again. Uh, and he has started lifting weights, and it seems like he is bulking up, according to multiple reports, and will not be medically cleared as of this moment. Should Randy make this comeback that he's dead set on, or should he kind of... Realize that he's done basically all you possibly could do in this industry. And it's, just- it's,
0: it's interesting there, Drew. He's lifting weights and bulking up, but he's not medically cleared. Does that make sense to you? He's not medically uh, well, cleared. Would he be lifting weights?
2: Well, I will say this. You can work out and you can bulk up and eat whatever you want, but WWE has a protocol that you will have to go to the performance center and be complete, completely cleared and pass all these tests by their medical staff. And if they feel like you're a risk in the ring or you're not moving like you're supposed to, et cetera, et cetera, they will not clear you.
0: Do I think Randy Orton should come back and make this comeback? Yes. He is not going to allow this injury to derail his career and end it on anything but his terms. Honestly. He's going to come back and he's going to finish his chapter, finish his story, and write it the way he wants before he hangs up the boots. There's, there's still, honestly, there's still a lot for Randy Orton to do. There's still a lot of talent on the current product right now that I want to see in the ring with Randy Orton, Gunther, and Cody Rhodes being two of the top names. To be quite honest, you yeah. a few Matt Riddle's got to be finished up. Like Randy Orton still has a huge piece to you know Monday Night Raw and getting it where it needs to be. Like I want to see him back, and he's a fan favorite. He was doing some of the best work of his of his later years with Matt Riddle. I mean, he was incredibly over. Uh, he's going to bring that sense of legitimacy that we're missing from, from uh, him being out. You know, him feuding with Cody makes all the sense in the world. You know, him potentially going after Gunther. I'd love to see Randy Orton chase uh, another world championship. Honestly, how many championships does he have? He's, he's almost neck and neck with John Cena, isn't he?
2: Yeah, I think he's got 14.
0: And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a possibility. I'd like to see that stuff happen. I mean, if there's anybody that deserves uh, a, a way to write his own story and finish it, it's Randy Orton.
2: And I would tend to agree with you. I would love to see Randy back in a WWE ring or any ring for for that stance. But, um, you know, if he is a risk, I don't want to see him in a wheelchair or anything else like that. There's nobody on this planet that's going to be able to tell that man that he cannot get back in the ring if he is medically cleared or shouldn't. So I I would love to see him against Cody. Cody had his first match ever in WWE, debuted against Randy. The story writes itself. So I'd love to see it
0: too. Uh I mean, we're in the same boat with Brian Danielson, bro. Aren't we? And Edge. Mm. I mean, they came back. I mean, for all, for all we know, they, they rolled them off as fucking dead to rights, both of those guys, and here they are. You know, Randy Orton doesn't have a neck injury. He's got a back injury. It's just as severe. I don't want to make one worse than the other. I mean, they're both right. career-ending injuries, but, you know, if those two guys can come back, and we've seen the medical advances happen with those guys to where they were producing some of the best work of their career later in their career, why can't Randy Orton do it? I I agree with you. My only, like, just like I have the concern with Brian
2: Danielson. Like, I think Brian's given everything he possibly can to this industry. And at times, like I, this is me from a personal aspect. I don't want to see the man in a wheelchair at conventions. I don't. Yeah, I'd rather see the man be able to live his life and have a good, you know, quality of life. So if Randy can come back and have a great match with, with anybody, he will. Um, And I wish him the best and only want the best for him and his family. So whatever Randy wants to do, um, I'm sure he'll make that decision, but I don't think anybody's be able to tell that man to get, knock it back in the ring.
0: So, uh, somebody that I would like to see less of in the ring is Charlotte Flair. Uh, she, speaking of title reigns, 16, well, how many, how many title reigns she's got now? 14?
2: She's at, I, I think she's at 14, but I know that WWE does have plans to have her be the one that breaks her dad's record.
0: Oh man. I can't wait for that. Not give me a break.
2: I don't think it's going to happen at, you know, 40. I think it'll maybe, well, be 41, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get the party
0: started on Saturday, Man, she'll get number 15 on Saturday and screw EO, EO sky out of a championship cash in. Right. You never know. I mean sixteen you or seventeen tune in to find out. Sixteen or seventeen title reigns, man. Is she gonna break her dad's record? I think the answer is yes there. Um does it matter? I mean, bro, we could sit here and fucking start another whole other podcast on Charlotte Flair. Uh the the whole the whole thing with Charlotte is do you remember anything memorable that she's done outside of a thing here or a thing there? have any of her title reigns meant anything? The answer is no. You're so crazy. I mean why am I crazy? Why am I crazy, man? Tell me one thing outside of Rhea Ripley and Sasha Banks that Charlotte Flair did. What did she do? You just you just named
2: two, and you're asking me to name another one.
0: Yes. I mean, all, s- all right. Well, if she's so good, you can name them off the top of your head. No.
2: Well, I mean, Charlotte probably had the best match at WrestleMania 32. I mean, I'd have to go back and really think about that. But that's my that's my Charlotte yeah, had Sa- that with match.
0: Sasha and Becky. And Bailey. Oh, yeah. was it Becky or Bailey? Becky, I don't remember. It was Becky. It okay. was Becky.
2: Um, but I just, you know, for me, I think Charlotte Flair is an unbelievable athlete. Did they give her a ton of championships? Sure. Um, she comes back and wins. But again, uh, that's just kind of like her gimmick. And you guys might not like it or whatever, but you guys are saying the same shit about John Cena, same shit about Randy Orton. And then all of a sudden, John Cena and Randy Orton go away and it's like, oh, I miss him so much. And you're going to say that when Charlotte decides to hang him up because Charlotte is a once-in-a-generational talent. You might not like all the world championships she's won, but you take Charlotte Flair off WWE's roster and throw her in AEW, she is the unequivocally there is nobody better than her on that roster in AEW. So.
0: She's not even the best wrestler in her division.
2: Well, I would say right now you have you know, Becky, you have Rhea, who are on
0: top of their game, and Rhea is just on a completely different level. I think, I, mean, I think right now, the way we see it, I mean, if she actually got in the ring, Rhea, Oscar, uh, and Io. I don't know. Charlotte's maybe five, five from the top. I
2: mean, are we talking just like. In ring. Yeah, I mean, okay. But I mean, like, how many? Give me the It best don't, it don't in- matter.
0: It don't, it's, the, it's the least important thing, right?
2: Well, no, it's not because that's where all the, the magic happens. But you also need to be, um, you need to transcend. You know, is Charlotte Flair an attraction? Yep, she sure is. And that's the thing, you know, Rhea's an attraction. She sure is. There's different levels to this shit. And again, Becky's an attraction. I mean, is Becky the best performer in that ring? Bell to Bell? No. In the women's division? All right. So, and let's, let's take another step back here. AJ Styles, probably one of the best Bell to Bell performers in the, in the WWE. And I mean, he won a couple world championships, but I mean, he's never been at, he's never gotten back. that height i mean just because you're the best in-ring performer doesn't mean you're going to win world championships
0: i mean don't you think someone like charlotte flair being in the position that she's in has kind of held everybody else down and wwe doesn't really look at anything else because they have charlotte on the mind and becky and all these other women that they want to push don't you think someone like that is kind of at kind of i would say harming the division i mean she hasn't really put anybody over who do, I mean, I she, she, put, she put Rhea over. I don't want to say nobody. She put Rhea over, right. gave Rhea her flowers at WrestleMania, which to mm-hmm. me, the the second best women's match I've ever seen, okay? Outside Sasha and Bayley at TakeOver. But right. I, I feel like she's done nothing to really get anybody else over, man. I, I think Charlotte Flair is for Charlotte Flair, and Charlotte Flair is not for the women's revolution. Because where's everybody else, bro? I mean, I I mentioned this on Monday. Where's Tegan Knox? Where's Candice LeRae? Where's Mia Yim? Where's Piper Niven? Where's Nikki Cross? Where's Indy Hartwell, you called up, bro? They they got like a dozen or so women that they haven't even used yet. Like, where is the division? Like, I'm tired of seeing Charlotte. I'm tired of seeing all these same names, Bianca and and Asuka. I mean, where's everybody else? What about Becky? Becky's kind of taking a step back, but before that. and what she's doing is the worst thing on Monday night. I appreciate it. I'm glad that she's not in a title, but they gave her Trish Stratus. They didn't give her a Tegan Knox or Candice LeRae. I mean, she could have been feuding with somebody else that needs it. Does Trish need it? Does she need to be on TV? That's my problem. Well, I mean, again, you know, uh, I think Rhea Ripley's
2: doing the best work right now we've seen in the women's division in years. Uh, Before that, I would say it's Becky, and then before that, I would say it was Charlotte. I mean, Asuka, too. Uh, You know, um, Was it who had the match at WrestleMania 34 for the women's championship? Was it Charlotte and Asuka?
0: Yeah, that's where uh, Charlotte beat Asuka's undefeated reign, of course. Was that, was that a really good match? I think it was. Um, do I think it was their best match? No, it wasn't their best match. It was a good match. It wasn't their best match.
2: All right, listen. Charlotte has had some good match. I understand she's not everyone's favorite. That's fine. I get it. But at the end of the day, her talent's undeniable. Whether you find her attractive or not, who gives? I mean, that's not... I mean, that, we didn't ask that. Undeniable. We didn't ask
0: that question. We're not talking about the right. woman's looks.
2: Right. I'm just saying, I mean, I, you take Charlotte out of the WWE locker room. And, you know, right now I think they're okay. But a couple of years ago, man, they were not.
0: They yeah. Were not. Yeah. Uh, really? I, I, listen, man, I have always said Sasha is greater than Charlotte. I sure
2: Sasha think. is greater than Charlotte. Yeah. Mm. I think Rhea has the potential to be the best women's wrestler and the biggest draw in WWE. That's up to her. I think Sasha... I have a lot of respect for Mercedes, but I think she got in her own way. Um, a lot of really good talents do. I can name a lot of them. Um, and I think she's trying to cut out a piece of her own pie. And I think good on her for it. She's kind of taking that Cody Rhodes path. So let's see where she ends up.
0: couple more stories here, man. Speaking of the women, uh, Jade Cargill. Uh, this was uh, making the rounds this week because she keeps sen- sen- saying shit on social media. She may not return to pro wrestling after her current hiatus. What do you, what do you think about that? And, uh, you know, her not being back on AEW Dynamite's not going to get a uh, reaction out of me because uh, I don't really give a, a shit one way or another. Uh, it, it would just prove what I've stated with Jesse all along on Wednesday nights is that, uh, you know, she was all about herself and really wasn't for the betterment of that division as well. So what do you think about that? Does AEW need Jay Cargill or she, if she does want to come back, where's she going to go? WWE? I think Jay Cargill and
2: AEW, you know, should try and work that stuff out because I think Jay Cargill was, was pretty damn... Uh pretty damn good with AEW, and i think she's tailor fitted for wwe yeah. so that's probably where she's gonna end up and yeah. i you know i don't i don't know i don't know why her and AEW, Jaden, and jw are not working things out right now
0: yeah i don't know that's that was very weird maybe she's just enjoying her time and she can't stand the wrestling community i don't blame her uh maybe not. smackdown ray mysterio legit got hurt bro i i, I didn't know this so i want to i want to frankly apologize uh to everybody I again did- I did what did not, you do now? I, well, no, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I'm just, I just. Right. I didn't know while he I was live somebody. that he was hurt because oh, I was wow. like, well, why didn't they have Santos go over Rey Mysterio? And then, then it came out because I seen a report from, uh, I think it was BWE, Better Wrestling Experience. Rey Mysterio and the way the match ended was all the way it was supposed to work out. It was a work. And uh, they didn't want uh, Santos to beat Rey clean. They wanted uh, this to happen. But Rey legitimately got hurt. And he, he bumped his head. They stopped the match as a precaution. Uh, what did you think of that match with Santos on on, um, on SmackDown, uh, Roger? Did you enjoy what happened and was the outcome uh, the way that you wanted it with Santos winning this match going up against Austin Theory?
2: I was happy that Santos won the match. I love Santos Escobar. I love Legado de Fantasma. I love what they're doing with the LWO to a certain extent. But I thought the match kind of missed. And I think that's because of what happened. You know, um, I think Ray you know, the referee stoppage and everything else like that. I understand there's a way to keep Ray strong, but this just, I think it was an unfortunate series of events. So, um, speedy recovery to Ray and I'm happy to see Santos's rise because I, you know, whether he wins that championship or not on Saturday or whenever they decide to have that match. Um, I really do want Santos Escobar as a main player here in WWE.
0: Yeah. I would love for him one day to go over Ray as well as a passing of the torch type type deal. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that should have ended, uh, the match should have ended with Santos winning clean. But now that we know Ray got hurt, Santos got the win and it was a referee stoppage. So hopefully Ray Mysterio is going to be all right there and he's getting back soon. When's that match happening? Uh, two weeks from Friday. So not this Friday, the following Friday. Okay.
2: Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that um, because I know you wanted to talk about Night Raw and everything else like that. But let's just talk about we have a lot of matches that we thought were going to take place at SummerSlam yeah. that are not. And it seems to me like this is now coming to what WWE is doing. They're not putting just filler matches or they're not trying to stack this card for the biggest party of the summer. I know it's like WrestleMania light, but what they're trying to do is maybe make Raw and SmackDowns feel more important because, A, uh, we need the ratings. WWE needs the ratings. Especially going into oh, bi- September. Right. And that's probably their mindset with football and everything else like that. So do you I, – I love this approach. What are your thoughts on it?
0: First of all, you know, I, I seen this being a major topical discussion on Twitter today, and, and people were like, well, well, if this is if this is their version of the WrestleMania of the summer, you know, everybody should be on it. I'm like, first of all, two things. Number one, WrestleMania is WrestleMania, okay? Stop comparing SummerSlam to WrestleMania. Stop right. comparing these Saudi shows to WrestleMania. There is one WrestleMania and one WrestleMania only, okay? And that's WrestleMania. SummerSlam is its own show. And I think. And I'm thinking this the same way every year about WrestleMania. If you're on the show, if you're on WWE's programming on Monday night and Friday night, and you're not in anything terribly important, why do you need to be on the show? Like, not everybody needs to be on a WrestleMania. Not everybody needs to be on a SummerSlam. You should be working your way to get there. And if you're not in anything terribly important, then you should be moved somewhere else to benefit a Raw or a SmackDown or maybe a pre-show if they still do those things. Secondly, the Triple H approach, uh, you know, I could sit here and tell you that Vince McMahon's running creative. He definitely is a part of creative. Triple H does have his say. I know I joke about it and I, I talk about it to fucking, you know, no, you know, wits end. But if there's one thing that Triple H has done right in this current administration is take what he's done in NXT and apply it to the main roster. How many times have you watched a takeover show in black and gold where Triple H gave you five matches, two hours, maybe two hours and 15 minutes, and then after the show, it ends at like fucking 930 or whatever the case may be. Starts at 7, ends at 9.30, and you're sitting there asking, what happened? I want more matches. I want a 6th or 7th or an 8th match. And then we get a pre-show junket with Triple H, and he's like, you got to watch NXT on Wednesday. You know, we're going to get things rolling. You know, he left you wanting more. Five matches. WWE's doing eight matches, Drew. I mean, you know, we, and we've seen this with Royal Rumble. There was four undercard matches and two Rumble matches itself. WrestleMania was seven matches each, eight matches. Maybe you want to include the bullshit that they put on there for each night. Each night ended in three and a half hours. I was fucking jumping over the moon. This is what we need. Nobody wants to sit there and watch this shit for five hours, six hours, seven hours, but quality over quantities is something Tony Khan can learn. Quality over quantity, less is more. This is fucking beautiful, man. I love this shit. And we'll get to the women in a second, but I know you agree with that.
2: I do. Um, I think that what we're seeing is, is valuable, right? I think that WWE needs to continue this mindset. I do not want to see just... Matches added just for the sake of yes. having matches. I it, it just does nothing for me. The Trish and Becky match would have fallen by the wayside on the card. They already have two mega matches, in my opinion, that they've taken the time to build. The Ronda and uh, Shayna match has got a ton of build. I'm actually interested to see what these two legitimate MMA fighters will do in an MMA rules match. And then you have the triple threat for the SmackDown Women's Championship, or the Undisputed Women's Championship. The one thing that I will say... Uh, with Rhea is Rhea can't work with somebody who can't work right now. So either Rhea's hurt and they're holding her off till she's absolutely 100% cleared. Or, you know, you have uh, a legitimate injury with her possible opponent, which maybe, maybe not, you know, Raquel Gonzalez. So I understand the Rhea mission is kind of like, well, what the hell? I don't think that was the plan. I think Rhea was supposed to be on this card, but I do think Becky and Trish not being on this card is a smart call. Make that match in Winnipeg. I even think you might get another match. I think Trish and Becky are having a cage match. I just don't know where that's going to be uh, because of the Zoe Stark involvement in that card. Yeah. So
0: I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind these matches uh, let's, taking place let's, on SmackDown. Let's go over these women's matches. Four, sure. women, four women's matches. Realistically, people were upset. Well, why did Triple H or whoever you know, omit uh, two women's matches from the SummerSlam card? Now, if you want to look at it, why do you want to add more to the SummerSlam card? I don't want to add it. Uh, I don't want to add more to the SummerSlam card. And four matches, Drew, out of eight matches total... That's a lot of women's matches for one show. I mean, that's, that's a little yeah. overkill. Nobody, nobody really wants that. And, and I said this on Monday night last night when I was live. Two of those matches, if you omit two of those matches and leave the two that we've gotten right now with the triple threat, Charlotte, Bianca, and Asuka, that's gotten weeks of TV build. There's no heat there, but it's been weeks of TV that we've had to endure, so they belong on the show. Then you got Ronda and Shayna. You're not going to leave Ronda Rousey off of SummerSlam. She's the biggest name that they have. So those are the two matches that WWE have opted in For SummerSlam, now if you look at the two that they've pulled, Becky and and Trish, it has no heat. So what WWE has done here is move this match from SummerSlam to Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. This is Trish's home turf. It's going to have some heat being in Canada, and Becky may be actually vilified there in Canada, which may be a good thing for her, and it might have some energy to it. And like you said, I do think after that, they'll get a, they'll get a, uh, another match at it, Payback maybe, we'll get a steel cage match. I, I think that's the right way to go about that because going into SummerSlam, it had nothing. Now, Rhea and Raquel, who's to say it wasn't Rhea and Liv at SummerSlam and Liv got legitimately hurt with her shoulder. So now they had to pivot to Raquel, and right now they can't really do Raquel in, in a week and a half and two weeks because you, you need to make her look strong. If she goes into a match with Rhea at SummerSlam, you know, it's automatically like Rhea's got to win, and then you kind of write off Raquel Rodriguez without even giving her a fighting chance. So what they've done is hold off on it, play up the Raquel. You know, uh, she's got to get medically cleared, and then we'll make the match when you're medically cleared. And bro, payback is coming up. It's in the fucking name of the pay per view. Payback, Rhea is going to be wrestling Raquel who wants payback for Rhea injuring Liv Morgan. I mean, it just makes perfect sense. People didn't think about this, man. They jumped to conclusions. WWE, they don't, they're don't. they not against, you know, they're, they're against women's wrestling. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Just put, use your brain, man. It, it just makes sense this way.
2: Yeah, and the thing is is the why. Why are yes. they leaving them off this this card? And it's because of they they already have WWE already has two matches that they've sunk a lot of time into. And if you just added the card just for the sake added them to the card just for the sake of adding them, they get lost in the shuffle and yes. it's meaningless. Let's save it for a raw when you're going head to head with the NFL or getting close to the NFL preseason, and everything else like that. And like you said, payback judgment day is constantly talking about how they shelved Kevin Owens. It seems to me like they probably were going to have this match at SummerSlam because I could tell you that Ray, you know, Dominic Mysterio and Damian priest being off that card is not by choice. Same thing with Sammy. Those are all big draws. So I think that happens at payback or maybe it happens on a Monday night raw. They can build to Payback. That's the way they're going. So yeah, I think a lot of people need to take a step back and just relax and understand that they're giving us exactly what we need. It's I don't want, too much it's like you get a steak and then they put shrimp and crab meat on at top of it right and it doesn't matter and you got mashed potatoes and you got some green beans and whatever else you like with your steak it doesn't matter how good or how fresh that crab and that shrimp was the only thing you're really going to be thinking about was that steak so look at that from a wrestling perspectives card i roman and jay cody and brock yeah Finn and, uh, Finn and Gun-
0: Gunther and Drew McIntyre. I mean, you want to put these women's yeah. matches on the show to, like you said, get lost in the shuffle. And then by the end of the night, if we're 9, 10, 11 matches deep, you what, what are you, what are you gonna, really going to remember? Yeah, you're not you going to remember, remember anything.
2: Shit. It doesn't have any meaning. And that's what it is. I need meaning in professional And wrestling I've talked and about I
0: this, man. I've talked about this till I'm blue in the fucking face. And Tony Khan does a decent job with this. He, he has themed shows on Dynamite. And, you know, it, 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 it's kind of... In between the pay-per-views, WWE could benefit if they give Monday Night Raw and SmackDown a little bit of a pay-per-view feel or PLE feel. Marquee matches on the show. So they're saving Becky and Trish. It's not the most marquee match that WWE could do, but it's a big enough match in a, you know, non-United States or, you know, here local, you know, city. It's in fucking Canada. Uh, It's going to be a big deal. I want bigger matches on these TV shows because right now they don't really feel important. They feel empty. So. And think about and think about this. Did we really think that Ronda and Shayna had any
2: sort of like want or desire from us to watch it? I didn't. Now, no. I'm like, I want to see that match because they're not overloading the card. And to your point, Santos Escobar, and to my point, Santos Escobar versus Austin Theory at SummerSlam. If Santos wins, nobody really gives a shit because we're all going to be worried about Brock and Cody, and we're all going to be worried about Roman and Jay. So you know, save it for SmackDown where it's like that's the one thing we want to see. Save that match for Raw. That I actually want to see. It's
0: a double-edged sword. Yes, we want to see these titles presented on the pay-per-view. We want to see the United States title kind of come up and be equal at the United States Championship. But at the same time, we're giving some importance to SmackDown and giving some importance to Monday Night Raw. And instead of overloading the show, making these shows feel a little bit more important. I I understand that. But at least, you know, you're getting a major show on SmackDown with these matches being on TV, and then we're lessening the pay-per-views. So I don't know why anybody's complaining. We're kind of getting the best of both worlds here. So I don't see what the big outrage is. Agreed. 100% agree. But uh, Ronda and Shayna, bro, you made a mention about Ronda and Shayna. I I said this on my live stream last night. That was the most effective that Ronda and Shayna have been uh, used on WWE television all year. It may have been the most effective use of Ronda Rousey uh, since she's come back to WWE in this second run that WWE's done so far. Why don't we see something like this more often, bro? And I want to I pose this question to you because we all know Rhonda is very weak on the microphone. She's not really good in front of a live audience. She was picture perfect presented on Monday night, and so was Shayna. Shayna's a very good promo regardless. I'm a big fan of Shayna's promo work. Yeah. She's just real. But with what they did last night, why don't we see more of this and take the weaknesses of someone like Rhonda and highlight her strengths with something like this? Why isn't this being done uh, elsewhere in the WWE. And why did we see this for the first time last night? Well, I'll say this.
2: I think there's always the want and the why. And I put that out on Twitter. Rhonda wants this. And that's why you're seeing Rhonda really sink her teeth into it. And Shayna held the majority of that, um, like like that backstage, that pre tape segment. So um, hats off to Shayna. Rhonda gave her little, you know, bits and pieces and it just made perfect sense. And it was beautifully done. And that's because Rhonda wants to work with Shayna. Rhonda will give you 110% if she is invested. When she's not, she's giving you zero. And we've seen that. She wears her heart on her sleeve and she, she cannot fake it. So when she doesn't want to do something, she ain't giving you shit. She yeah. wants to do this and she's giving you everything she's got.
0: And this might be it for her. Someone made, someone made a comment last night uh, to me saying that they felt like this was a definite Triple H directive here to bring more importance to these matches. Well, anything I, 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 that happens positively that. No, is Triple H. No, I know. I, I could see it, but, but this is something that he did in NXT, and a lot of people were like, well, Vince is in the hospital with his, uh, his spine surgery, so Triple H must have been fixing the shit that Vince fucked up. I'm like, I don't give a shit who, who was a part of it. I, I just want to see more of that, honestly, on TV. I thought that how was you, fantastic. How do y'all know that Vince is having back surgery? I don't know, a reported, I guess. I don't know.
2: Oh, well, good yeah. for Sean, I guess. Yeah, I
0: don't know. That, that's a
2: HIPAA violation, brother. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. I
0: don't Christ. know, man. Like, you think if he's in the fucking hospital, he's not going to be running the show via his cell phone. Give me a break. Come on, man. This guy could be yeah. in, in uh, he could be induced, fucking laid out, knocked out on the, on the operating table. He's still be writing Monday Night Raw. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. I mean,
2: I, I agree with you. This did scream Triple H yeah. back. Because Triple H made Shane and Baszler feel like a yes. legitimate
0: badass. So, yes. good
1: for him.
0: Uh, two more things, man. And then we'll get to the super chats. Kevin Owens, uh, hints that he may be done with wrestling after his current WWE contract expires, man. He's been kind of, uh, hinting that he's very much banged up. Uh, I don't know how much longer his contract is, but I know he did sign a three-year extension, uh, when all that became a big deal a few years ago. Uh, what do you think about Kevin Owens potentially, uh, calling it a, a day after his current contract, man? I mean, is there any more for him to, uh, Go out there and prove. He's main evented two WrestleManias. He's won the big one at WrestleMania. He's wrestled wrestled Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Multiple championships. I mean, what else does he got to prove, man? How many people could say at the end of their
2: wrestling career, let's just put this in perspective. And I said, I put this on Twitter. I want to say it was like a year ago. uh, Or it was in April when he had the match and he won the tag team titles. How many people, how many wrestlers could say that they won the tag team championships at WrestleMania in the main event with their best friend? Wrestled. They're idle in the main event at WrestleMania in Texas yeah. where that person is from and has won multiple world championships and has basically done everything you possibly could besides win the Royal rumble. Truthfully.
0: Yeah. There's nothing. I, He's nothing. There to is prove. nothing for
2: him left to accomplish. He's made more money than he can count. Hall of I, Famer. It, yeah. Oh, first ballot. If Kevin Owens wants to retire tomorrow, you know, good for him. Let him do whatever he wants to do. I, I support that. Um, you know, entirely. I, I give if if that's what he wants. Uh, I think that Kevin probably has another five to ten good years in him, depending on if his body holds up. But he would know that better than I would.
0: Matt Riddle's another one, bro. Matt Riddle. Apparently, rumor going around that Matt Riddle is being punished by WWE because they can't trust him. He had a great match with Ludwig Kaiser last night on Monday Night Raw. What do you think about Matt Riddle and uh, what's going on with him? Or are they just waiting for Randy Orton to come back? And Matt Riddle's kind of getting lost in the shuffle, but but they're utilizing him in the best way that they can. Is he being punished for his? Uh, His uh, extracurricular activities or uh, what's going on there?
2: Well, I would say yes. Um, And I don't normally just, you know, like 100% just yes. But I will put my stamp on that. Yes, I do believe that Matt Riddle, his life choices and everything else like that is almost viewed as too much of a wild card. Um, And I think that WWE really doesn't want to hitch any sort of wagons to that because if they do, they really don't know what they're going to get. I mean, he's not, you know, he's kind of a loose cannon, not in the Brian Pillman factor or you know ask but he really is somebody that you never know what you're going to get and he i they they are a publicly traded company they being wwe i don't know
0: how much risk they could take with that so uh him impregnating a porn star is not a good look huh <laughs> i don't know ask, ask your mom if she would like that i don't i don't know dude That's i don't good know good for man. him whatever the case but matt is a great wrestler i, I think he's fantastic but, but he's uh, a great dude yes. He's a really good guy i just
2: Again, when you're, you know, I mean, listen, I don't know how much my company would like if, my, if I was bl- out there, you know, in the public eye doing this, this, and this. They'd kind of be like, hey, I uh, want to tone it down a bit, you know?
0: There's one more story here, man. We'll end with a banger. Uh, I'm very curious about your take on this because you did mention this last week. And then the report came out today that Uh-oh. as of right now, the way things are standing with Roman Reigns. He is not advertised for Payback, Fast Lane, which you said last week, and he's not advertised for Survivor Series. Now, we're way out for Survivor Series, and WWE's already sold that building out in Chicago, so I'm assuming Roman Reigns will be there. Um, the advertisements usually come at a later date than the posters and all that stuff, but is it, is it a possibility that he's missing all three of these shows, shows? And if he is, is there any credence to the rumors that Jey Uso may be going over on Saturday?
2: Uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait for Saturday to see if Jey Uso is going to go over because I think there is a possibility, just like with anything in professional wrestling, you got to tune in to find out. I don't know. Um, could Jimmy return and screw Jay or is he yeah. going to screw Roman? I don't know. We don't know. Uh, but I don't think Roman was ever scheduled for payback or fast lane. He'll 100% be on Survivor Series.
0: Yeah. Uh, against who? I don't know. Uh, are we going to get Seth a war, war game champion
2: versus champion?
0: I hope not. That's my pick. Why? You don't want to see that match? Why would you want that? Who's going to win that match? Uh, who cares? It's going to be a great match. Would it not? <laughs> oh, my God. What happened to war games, bro? I guess we're moving away from that. We're going back to what Vince wants. huh?
2: No, you could do war games, but I mean, Cody's going to want to be a part of war games. So I yeah. just feel like we're you could do the bloodline versus, you know, the Jimmy Jay, Cody, yeah. Kevin and Sammy. I don't know. I'll we'll have to see what happens. But then you're mixing Raw and Smackdown talent. It's a little convoluted.
0: Yeah. We'll see what happens there, but uh, I do suspect Roman's going to be part of Survivor Series and uh, him missing those shows, Fastlane and Payback. I mean, WWE's got more than enough talent to really uh, make up for the lack of Roman there.
2: Yeah, and they're very well sold as well. So here's the deal with that. Like, you know, they have a world heavyweight champion in Seth Rollins. I mean, they have the Judgment Day. They
0: have Jay probably getting into a program with Solo Sokoa. They'll be just fine. Santos Escobar was on NXT, says the chat. What the fuck was he doing on NXT? Why is he down there? They're trying to really build up NXT. Jesus and,
2: Christ, yeah. Who knows?
0: Chad know. Gable. Uh, not Chad Gable. Uh, this, this, I don't know why we didn't discuss this. One more thing, and then we'll get to the Super Chats. Yeah. What you, would what'd what'd you think of, uh, what's his name, man? Gable Steveson. Did you see that? Uh, I, he did a lot of training with a close friend of mine here, Ken
2: Anderson, um, in Minnesota. I, I want to see more out of Gable,
0: and uh, I hope that he reaches his full potential. He bumped—listen, man, he took some decent bumps there, man. He knows how to take a good flat-back bump. I was paying attention to this. He was selling his ass off in there. I think Baron Corbin was uh, a solid opponent for his first match. But, man, the booze. I think WWE is going to have a tough time getting them over the way that they want. They, they got this this model guy, the the, the the whole Olympic gold medalist thing, and they're really, you know, hammering it down that he could be the next Kurt Angle. bro. I, I think they need to move away from that, man. I don't think anybody should be coined as the next this or the next that— no one ever is going to be the next Kurt Angle, and I don't think they should really burden uh, Gable Steveson with that because it's going to act- actively work against him.
2: Yeah, um, I think that's a those are big shoes and big Olympic rings to fill. Yeah. Maybe they're kind of doing it because Kurt might come in as his manager. Don't hate that, uh, but I think Ken Anderson, shout out to Ken, has done a really phenomenal job there with Gable, and uh, hopefully it continues, so.
0: There you go, guys. That is all we got for you. And we just hit our uh, our peak of uh, 16, uh, 1,600 plus right as we end the fucking show, man. But listen, if you guys want to go back and uh, watch whatever you missed, it'll be uh, on the channel as soon as we end here. So uh, Drew and I really appreciate you hanging out tonight. Lots of great discussion. Uh, one of our biggest audiences so far on a Tuesday night. I give the night. chat a lot of shit, but I love you guys. So there you go. There you go. Anyway, guys, follow us on social media. At J.D. from NY206, that's me, at Andrew Baydala on Twitter or X, whatever you guys want to call it. It's still Twitter to me. Um, I know we were supposed to do some SummerSlam predictions. Drew, what are we doing for SummerSlam predictions? Are we, uh, are we doing a spaces or, or what are we doing? I think we should do a special TNT. You guys want a uh, SummerSlam predictions on, uh, on Saturday early? Yeah, let, us, let know. us
2: know in the chat. You guys want to do? We want us to do a special TNT where we're talking SummerSlam predictions and everything else on Saturday, SummerSlam weekend. Let us know. I will be live uh, on Raw. I shouldn't say on Raw. In the building for Raw on Monday night here in Minnesota. So. There you go.
0: Also, guys, go check out all the other content on my channel. It is there for you to consume. We were live last night for Monday Night Raw. Hit that thumbs up. I'd love if you guys can hit the thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes. Tonight on episode seven of TNT and its the last call. Let's get those super chats in, guys. We got uh, a couple super chats to get through here and we're going to get the hell out of here. Derek Anawaii with a new membership. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for being here. Tan May with a new membership. I know that's not true because Tan May is my longest tenured member. I think he's at like 40 months or something like that. Probably wow. more than that. Or actually, no, he's uh, 48 months. Wow. Something like that. That's awesome. Uh, scripts with 24 months. He says he finally got the gold microphone emoji. Looks good on me. Yes, it does, man. Thank you so much. Moretz with 14 months. Thank you. Moretz, Michelle Moran with a $2 super Jack Cody versus drew. Which one might the fans turn on? Are they definitely turning on drew?
2: I think, I think drew needs to be a heel. I'm ready for that. I want a vicious drew McIntyre.
0: We'll see how that IC title picture plays out. I don't think that uh, McIntyre should be beating Gunther on Saturday, but stranger things have happened. We've gotten this far. I hope that they keep it on Gunther for just a little bit longer. They are. I,
2: I, I We could give you a little sneak peek into our preview show. Yeah. Gunther is going. They released a graphic, they being WWE, with how close Gunther is to breaking a honky-tonk man. They're going to do that.
0: Okay, good. Uh, Hero with a $5 super jet. I can see it already. Cody's post SummerSlam feud, the Nigerian giant, Omos. Why? Because he needs more adversity, pal. Yeah, that would be
1: They If
2: they do that, then, you know, I mean, listen, I know we got to get through September and October and then we could figure out November, but no. We need something we could sink our teeth into with Cody.
0: Uh, who's next? Paul David with a 19 months thoughts on the MLB trade deadline. Thank you for 19 months, Paul. Uh, I don't really care because the Braves are in first place and they didn't really need anything, but, uh, some bullpen help and maybe another starter, but,
2: and I don't really care about the Mets anymore. Cause fuck them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. Um, Brian with a new membership. I appreciate you, Brian. Thank you so much. Jason Barker with a 20 spot. Let's get it, Oos. We get an Usy Juicy tonight. I'm saying that to hear JD say that because the IWC sucks. Thank you, Jason. appreciate you, brother. Uh, Captain Solo with a $10 Super Chat. To both hosts, if you had the pen, who would you have win the 2024 Royal Rumble? Cody, Jey Uso, or LA Knight? And who would, who would you book to win the Elimination Chamber? Great show as always, gentlemen. I'll let you get that one first, Drew. Who are you booking to win the Royal Rumble?
2: I don't like the the back-to-back Royal Rumble things. Yeah. So for me, I don't know if I book Cody at that. L.A. Knight would be a great pick. But um, if I'm booking who wins the Royal Rumble, I'm looking at the World Heavyweight Championship because I think that's where somebody would you know go after.
0: So I got to look at the Raw brand. and. Uh... Go ahead, say it. Because I know if you don't say it, I'm saying it. Go ahead, say it. Gunther should win the Royal Rumble. Agreed. I there
2: think you. Gunther taking on Seth Rollins at WrestleMania is a match that Philly can really sink their teeth into.
0: Gunther is going to be an amazing world champion. I can't wait for that to happen. Uh, I'm going with him. And then the Elimination Chamber? I don't know. You could go Cody, Cody. when Cody win the Elimination Chamber, or, or one way or the other, vice versa, whatever. You know. But Cody winning back to back Rumbles, I have a little hesitancy, hesitancy on that. But you know, yeah, he, he, he should agree. be fine.
1: Yeah,
2: Cody's. Listen, I think Cody's in one of the main events of WrestleMania, and I think Gunther or Kevin Owens is in the other, against Seth. So, yeah. there
1: you
0: go. Uh, Captain Solo, thank you, brother. Phil with the 999. What's going on, Drew and JD? Love the atmosphere as always. SummerSlam is around the corner, and when it comes to the card, less is more. What a documentary Cody... Uh, Cody's documentary was. I skipped Raw to watch it. OTS for life. Um, yeah, man, I should have did the same thing. I'll probably catch up with it on Thursday when I have nothing to do. uh, It's two hours, JD. Okay, that's fine. I usually sit down with uh, a couple of old-fashioned and just watch whatever I I need to during the week. But um, SummerSlam, yes, less is more. As always, everything, less is more. agree. Sean Lee with a five. Honestly, I still don't see Cody getting it at 40. I am sure it will be one of the Anawaii family that does it. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know, man. I think a lot of politics are going to come into play, but... Right now, it's Cody. We have nobody but Cody uh, outside the family. I don't know if WWE would do him dirty like that. I think this is it. But if there was somebody, you know, a lot of people mentioned Solo. Maybe it's Solo. Who knows? Yeah, and I'll say this. Cody
2: said that, you know, he was really inspired by The Rock, and um, I would assume Brock Lesnar to get his neck tattoo. So, you never know. Maybe it's not
0: Roman that Cody wins the championship from i think it should be but you never know jason with a five Rey mysterio is going down to nxt why because dominic is there who else are they going to bring down to nxt they should bring down the people that they're not using to nxt that would met that would make me watch honestly
2: yeah all them free agents right yeah
0: uh, Derek Anawaii became a member for 19 months, but it said a new member up there, but he's got 19 months under his belt. Thank you, brother. Month 19, Oost. That's all I got to say. And then he says, here's $2. Go get yourself a bottle of beer. Thanks, Derek. Beer's going to cost me about 9 bucks.
2: <laughs> Something's going on with Santos Escobar in NXT
0: right now. I don't know what it is, but people are going nuts about it. So. Uh, maybe he's... Uh, let me guess maybe he's going after uh Carmelo Hayes next who knows
2: No, it was the tag team match with uh, Tony D'Angelo and Channing so
0: oh are they gonna are they gonna do uh, the uh, team of Humberto and Angel Garza little little Mexican connection down there. who knows I don't know. 24 with a 4.99. Drew, bring JD to Jets Patriots crowd. Gonna be insane. We're out for blood. Fuck the Deflatriots. Their eight-year winning streak against us will fall. Week three. You know, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say this.
2: <laughs> okay. Jets Pats feud has kind of really died, truthfully, because the Jets were so you know irrelevant and stuff like that. When I was in college. And even before that, and kind of a little bit after that, man, it was, you're right. It was like blood and guts. It was bad. But that, nah. I'd rather take JD to Jets Bills or Jets Chiefs or something like that.
0: Thank you, man. Uh, Vincent O'Connell with a 10. Baron Corbin is not a pirate. Burn the ships uh, and uh, burn the ships. So his men had to fight to survive. No turning back. Let's have a special show. You, Drew, BC, and Jesse Loved the last round table. Uh, We'll see, man. It was BC. BC Amplified. I showed you him before, you don't know? Oh, okay. No. He's like, Like, no uh, disrespect. He's he's like a mini me. Okay.
2: No disrespect. I just, loud New
0: Yorker from Brooklyn. Oh,
2: there you go. Okay, status quo.
0: KMG with a uh, $50 super chat. 50 from KMG. Thank you so much, man. Uh, Hey, JD and Drew, question. Why do you think the WWE has so many women not on TV? Does creative just not care or what? If you ask me since Sasha and Naomi left creative, the direction for the women's division has gotten even worse. Much love, JD OTS for life. Uh, I don't How know. I, I don't know, man. What do you think? I think that's the most ridiculous. Like, I'm just so tired of this
2: narrative that gets portrayed just because some people are left off a card. WWE has invested so much time and effort into their women's division. You want to complain
0: about something, go complain about
2: AEW's women's division.
0: Yeah. It's not really good over there. Uh, yeah. I get it guys. We, we see a lot and listen, I'll speak up when I have to, and you guys know I have. We see the same women every single week, and there's nothing new, and there's no storylines outside the world title. And this is what I mentioned. We have a storyline with, who is it in NXT? Roxanne Perez and Blair Blair Davenport. I mean, it wasn't for a title or anything. It was just a grudge match between two women outside of the world championship with Tiffany Stratton and Thea Hale. Why doesn't the main roster do that? Why doesn't AEW do that? It's like, it's got to be a TBS title. It's got to be an open challenge. And it's got to be Tony Storm wrestling Hikaru Shida with no fucking bill. It's like, does everything need to be a title match? Can we do something with the other women that doesn't include a championship? That's what people want to see. And that's what they're not yeah. doing. Yeah. Philip Newton. Yeah, I'm sorry, Drew. Go ahead. No, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, what do you, do you, like, what do you guys want?
2: You want this filler garbage that we get sometimes? Like, you want to go back to the Braun and panty days? I think we're past that. And I think you should be thankful for it.
0: Philip Newton with a four ninety nine nothing against Triple H. I think it's petty of him to call a company that's grown so fast. The past four years, a secondary company. Guys, please don't take it to heart. Oh, my God. You know why he did it? Because we are talking. Mm, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Trey the Trilly or the Trillist. Sorry, man, Trey the Trillist, Four ninety nine. dollars 99 L.A. Knight winning that SummerSlam Battle Royal. Yeah,
2: you know what? I mean, like I would saw- have to. I saw a lot of people complaining about that being on the card and everything else like that. That's on the card because they've had to move other matches due to injury. I can tell you right now that that was maybe a pre-show match that now they've had to put on, which still could be a pre-show match that they've put onto the actual card because of injuries that have taken place.
0: I agree. I think LA and I should win it too. I I mean, it's, it's it's lame creative. And I mean, I just feel like it's like WWE given the fans, L.A. Knight a victory in this, and that'll shut them up because that's all they think of him, you know, but we'll see. Maybe it's the start of something. We'll, we'll let it play out. And Hollywood Guy with a $2 super chat, your thoughts on Billy Gunn hanging up the boots? There's nothing left for Billy Gunn to prove. Uh, if he wants to hang up the boots, I, uh, I appreciate him, I respect him, and that's his choice, man. Simple. Agreed. That is all we got for you, man. Episode 7 in the books. Through any parting words before I uh, hit the uh, closing music. No, uh, catch us Saturday.
2: We'll decide on a time and yep. do a, a live TNT uh, for SummerSlam predictions. It'll be it'll be very good, trust me.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you guys uh, want to tune into that Saturday, probably uh, early early afternoon you know, around lunchtime, we'll figure it out. But keep the eye on the on the socials for that, and then we'll get the SummerSlam predictions out before uh, I do my thing on Saturday night, and we all enjoy SummerSlam. Uh, Brian with a six month membership coming in late. JD, Cody wanted more power, and TK said, no, you said so. Then, remember, you were right, because that's what it was. Thank you for all that you do. I, did Cody want more power? Who knows? I mean. I think Cody wanted the book a little yeah, bit. And Cody, I, I, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. But I
2: don't think that was the determining factor, no. truthfully. I think it was an easy way for him to just be like, eh, not really. I want anymore." more soon.
0: Yes, that was an aspect of it, Brian, but uh, it wasn't the reason why he left. Uh, the reason why he left is because he wants to uh, attain his goals, and I appreciate that and respect that. Guys, we'll see you Saturday for the SummerSlam predictions right here on the podcast. It'll be a special episode of TNT on your Saturday afternoon right before SummerSlam. Thank you to Andrew for being here. Thank you guys for being here in the chat. And we will see you all for episode eight next week right here live on Tuesday Night Titans. See you guys later. I scream
1: into nothing just to feel something Who's-